Are you seeking a better way to accelerate your sales, to scale your business, to live a life with no limits? Accelerate Sales Podcast features global experts who have cracked the code to recurring revenues with proven sales systems and get you on the fast track to scaling. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Hi, I'm Paul Higgins, and welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast, episode number 437. You're going to learn lots today, but in particular, you're going to learn how to increase leads through working with your SaaS vendor and also some brilliant tips on why you should be speaking and how to maximize it. The second is close sales earlier with asking good questions, and they go into a really good discovery process, and you're going to love that. And the third is how to pick the right verticals to play in and be careful of putting all your eggs in the one basket. If you're a first-time listener and you love, please subscribe. Uh, Who is this for? You might be wondering. It's for cloud consultants. So if you adapt SaaS and the SaaS software and turn it into great results for clients, you're in the right space. Uh, if you're a regular, I'll always love those reviews and really appreciate them. There's a summary in the app. You can get the full transcript at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. And before we go into the interview with Omi, I'd like to thank our sponsors. The first is the Cloud Consultants Collective. So it's peers collaborating and peers talking about business. And they're all cloud consultants. And you can find out more at cloudconsultantscollective.com. It's a free group on Slack. And the second is SendSpark, which is a great video. And the guest today only talks about using video in the process. And this is a great platform. It allows you to also send a little summary at the start and then integrate a standard video into it. So you can really customize your sales. You can get six months free go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash send spark. So our today's guest is Omi is a marketing a fireball who burns with perpetual positive energy and an impressive skill set. After a little Miami jet fuel, her days are full with oh they're actually full with energy and full speed forward. Omi is a marketing geek and has had been, well, she's been in marketing for 25 years. She's owned the agency for uh, 21 and her eclectic background gives her a unique perspective on the cultural issues and how they shape marketing communications. In 2000, she did co-found the business with uh, her husband, Todd Cooper. So it's uh, Diaz and Cooper. And today the agency is in its 21st year, like I said, it's in the top 25 South Florida advertising agencies. It's been in that for six times, and it's a leading gold certified HubSpot partner. And uh, Omi brings her vibrant uh, attitude to the podium. She's fantastic, and she's going to share a lot of wisdom with you. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Omi Diaz-Cooper to absolutely wow you with her knowledge. Great to have you here, Omi. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah, very excited to talk to you today. There's uh, lots of great questions I'm going to ask you. And I know in the prep, we've already um, yeah, I've just seen that you love answering them as well, which is fantastic. But why don't we kick off with who your ideal client is and uh, what problems you solve for them? Sure. Yeah. So my ideal client is uh, probably a small to mid-level enterprise business, Um, ideally in the B2B space, um, either technology, SaaS, 
or um, if they're in e-commerce, then like B2B e-commerce, uh, healthcare is another uh, strong vertical for us. Um, and we were very strong in travel tourism. Uh, we're still interested in working with B2B travel tourism um, clients. And what we do for our clients is we help them to grow their businesses. Um, typically, they are folks that either are moving away from a disjointed uh, set of platforms and are moving into uh, our preferred platform, which is HubSpot, uh, because that is a very unified ecosystem, or they're already in HubSpot and they feel like they're not making uh, enough, they're not getting enough out of their investment. So we help them to improve their lead gen efforts, their lead nurturing efforts, and tying those efforts directly to their business objectives. Brilliant. And um, the and what do you think the split is of people that have already got HubSpot versus people you're introducing to HubSpot? I would say it's mm, probably 60, 40, 60% are already on HubSpot and about 40 are moving into it and we're helping them to onboard or integrate. Yeah, great. And of the 60 that are already on HubSpot, do HubSpot themselves send you many leads or are you self-generating most of those leads? We, we get a lot of our leads from referrals. Um, and as uh, I love to share that we have a referral program and that we created a page on our website for people to be able to refer to us. I would recommend anyone who's a consultant do that um, because then that form, right, that page um, tells a little bit about what makes an ideal customer for us what they get for the referral. And then when they fill it out, it goes right into our HubSpot you know, system and someone from my team can follow up on that referral. So that's a great way to get, um, to get new business. HubSpot does send business our way, especially now that we're, you know, we've been in the ecosystem since 2016. Uh, we're about to hit platinum. We've been gold for forever. Um, so uh, we do get some from our cam or from some of the direct reps. Um, and then we do get some from our website from inbound efforts. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. And is there anything you do to um, build that relationship with the HubSpot IEs and, and people within HubSpot itself? Yeah. So this is big for anyone who has like a partner program with uh, with a technology platform is get to know your direct reps, right? Uh, because a lot of times the direct reps have good knowledge about the platform itself, but they may not have as deep a knowledge as to how that platform can be used for a specific industry. And so by letting the direct reps know, hey, you know, we're really well versed in, in technology, SaaS, healthcare, travel, tourism, right? They can come to us for, you know, questions or, you know, and that's when they then end up pulling you in, right? Uh, if they can't do the, if the client wants a personalized onboarding experience, then they're more likely to refer us. Yeah, yeah. And is there anything you do differently with the way that you're on board or do demonstrations with, with HubSpot then, or I suppose different mm -hmm. is hard because you don't know what you're comparing it to, but what's your way of doing it? I suppose that's a better. Yeah. Question. Our way is really white glove, right? We call it an engaged onboarding. And so we have found that, um, when you're, when you work with a technology platform, there's, there's the, how to push the buttons, 
right? And anybody can do that. Anybody can tell you how to use the platform. But what makes us different is we help you to push the right buttons. And why would you push what button in the first place based on your business model? Um, so we have a very deep uh, deep dive getting to know the customer's business. Of course, we stay in our niches because we already have expertise in those niches. So that makes it a little bit easier as well. Um, but every business is different and we make sure that we're building that growth strategy even while we're, you know, doing an, on, an onboarding. So yeah, that yeah. I think that approach makes it more personalized. Yeah, great. And, and do you send any... Um... Uh, pre like any pre videos or any pre work or anything not pre work that's the wrong word because you don't want them doing more work than they need to but do you send them anything prior to actually getting on the the demo with you? Um, you mean during the sales process or once they become a client and want to be onboarded? Uh during the sales process. Oh yeah. So during the sales process, we uh, you know we do go through uh, so, uh, some really deep uh, exploratory questions during the sales process. Um, we do send them you know different um, different articles that might make sense based on whatever pain points they've they've communicated to us. Uh, one of the things I love to do is if I'm sending something that's a little bit deeper, I'll send them a video email where I'll kind of like give them the highlights of what I'm sending them and why. So I try to make it easy for them, but they can go as in-depth as they want because not everybody can look at a you know one-hour video <laughs> during a sales process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's brilliant. And, you know, you talked about niches or niches. Uh, niches. It depends where you are in the world. But, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, tell us a bit of the journey as to how you, you know, came to deciding that that was the right strategy, being, you know, more vertical uh, focused. And how did you pick the ones that you've now um, supporting? Yeah, absolutely. So it's it was part intentional and part um, circumstances. So um, we... We're a 20-year uh, agency, so obviously we've gone through a lot in the last 20, 21 years. Um, and so um, in the beginning, early days, we basically, you know, you take on whatever comes your way, right? So, but little by little, we really grew our expertise, particularly in travel tourism, and we loved it. For years, we, you know, I would say probably anywhere between 60 and 80% of our clientele would be in travel tourism at any given time. Um, and then 2020, mm. right? So uh, in the early stages of the pandemic, we lost about 65% of our revenue. The saving grace was that we always had that, that smaller percentage of clients that were B2B, whether it was professional services or whether it was a technology company or a healthcare company. Um, and, and we had worked in some of those verticals in the past. So we very quickly pivoted and said, look, a lot of these companies, they have sales teams, they have um, a very um, physical sales process where they were attending trade shows or they were yes. uh, literally some of them were physically knocking on doors. And we said, these folks need help digitizing and yes. converting a lot of these sales uh, methods into more digital means. And a lot of them are also looking at their investment in their platforms and saying, do we really need 57 different platforms to do 
sales and marketing. Um, so we just kind of saw that light bulb that, you know, HubSpot plus the circumstances made it an ideal environment for us to um, be able to serve, you know, this, this clientele. And luckily we were able to land almost right away, several SaaS clients right. uh, that were, moving into HubSpot away from, you know, Salesforce, Pardot or Marketo, Eloqua, some of the more pricier platforms. And they saw the, 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 the robustness of it, but also the beauty of having a platform where you can connect the entire customer journey from first awareness through the sales process, you know, through all the marketing steps, through the sales process to becoming a customer and then delighting that customer all in one platform. Yeah, yeah, that's that's brilliant. And uh, the team, did I know that you lost sixty five percent of your revenue, but did, were you able to still maintain the the team? Luckily, we were. Um, you know, it, it took some doing, and you know, some of us had to tighten our belts, but we all did it together. Uh, I would never ask my team to do something that you know I wouldn't do myself. Um, so yeah, we made it through. We did not have to have any layoffs. Uh, thank goodness. Right. Um, we did have later on, uh, you know, one or two people that kind of you know decided one decided they wanted to move in a whole different direction and not be in marketing anymore. Um, another one uh, decided that they wanted to be in house, but that that was basically it. And our team has grown exponentially since then. So it's you know, I, you know, thank goodness for the idle loans for, you know, I mean, the PPP uh, loan that did help tremendously. Um, and then the idle uh, that we did receive is basically sitting as a credit line uh, right now. So, but we have it there just in case. So we always want to be prepared to make sure we have runway. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. And, and, you know, I think now, because you've got those multiple um niches or niches so you know not putting all your eggs in the one one in the uh, one basket now. yeah 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 but but we're but there's still a commonality to the verticals in that they're usually high ticket items this, these are not cheap trinket people you know folks they're not selling cheap trinkets yes. the, they're usually a considered purchase path, right? It's a path where people have to do some research before they decide. Um, and so we say high touch, high ticket um, items, uh, you know, they do have that commonality. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I know that that's what we do, right, as, as cloud consultants. You're listening to me saying, yep, that's what I do. So what are some yeah. of the things that you do for your clients around uh, helping to uh, close sales earlier that we could apply yeah. to to our business. Yeah, so it's really important to embrace a very consultative approach to sales, right? When I first started in sales, um I looked at it in a negative light. Um I thought, you know, car salesman, that kind of thing, yeah. right? But I very quickly learned and uh and and uh, learn through really being immersed in the HubSpot ecosystem that it's really about helping helping people. The way that I close sales the fastest, believe it or not, is by having deeper, better exploratory calls during the sales process. I've closed more business on my second exploratory call than I ever did before. And it's because it's different, right? You don't want to start off with, uh, you know, me, 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 right? Uh, my team is passionate about marketing. They don't care about that. 
right? It's about them. It's about what are their challenges? What are their goals? What's holding them back from reaching those goals? And can we actually serve them in, in creating that goal? And it doesn't matter what platform you're, you, you know, you're, you're representing. Think of it in terms of what pain points are you solving for clients and have those deeper exploratory calls before you jump into your pitches and that will help you close sales faster. Yeah. And what, what are some questions that you know are the, you know, your best questions? Like what, is, what are some of the ones you've developed over these 20 years that you know make a difference in those discovery calls? Yeah, definitely, you know, developing some rapport with folks, you know, around their role and, you know, what they expect out of, um, you know, out of the engagement or the platform, right? So warming them up with that. And then, you know, jumping right into, you know, what are some of your typical challenges? You know, if they already have the tool, how do you how do you use it? And what are your pain points? What do you wish it could do? I love asking the magic wand question. If you had a magic wand and could change anything about either your marketing circumstance or the tool, what would that be? Because that's a really nice conversational way to get at the core of what's their pain point, what's their what's their challenge. And of course, I always ask what are their goals and what are the consequences of not reaching those goals? Super important. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah, you you did right. And I think, you know, um a lot of the clients that you know first come to me, uh, you know, I, I think when you know, my experience is Coca-Cola and, and Coca-Cola, most of your clients are existing. Right. But, you know, but you really understood their business. Like it was, you know, effectively, the more you understood their business, the better. And, and a lot of the training we had back in the early 2000s was focused around this. So I felt like the Coke company is, you know, sort of a lot more progressed, jumped into the tech tech world, which is a similar model, right? They're both, you know, franchise right. or franchisee. Type, right. type model um yeah I, I thought it wasn't as progressed because there's more complexity around the product you're selling versus yeah. a can of coke right a can of coke is very easy to sell so right. yeah so um yeah i think um the industry to me seems to be getting better and better at that but you know people like yourself that are at the forefront of that are definitely um uh getting it uh, much better at it and for you you know how often are you in a competitive itch like uh are you normally going you know in you're the only uh, agency or are you uh, often going up against others? Yeah, a, a lot of times we are the only agency, but I would say a lot of times we are, they're either, uh, they're either considering and talking to other um, agencies. Uh, what we don't do is we don't do RFPs. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're definitely devotees of the win without pitching uh, formula. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so we, you know, we used to back in the day, uh, but we don't anymore because we don't want to be a commodity and we don't want to be seen as a commodity. We want to be a partner in the growth of our client's business. And if they don't like that collaborative consultative approach, then we're not the right fit. And it's better to find that out early than waste all your time trying to put together a proposal for someone that's not going to be happy in the end. Yeah, great. And we'll sort of switch gears a little around, you know, thought leadership, how you get yourself out there to be seen so that, you know, you're you're the only one uh, that's it's uh, in the pitch, so to speak, um, speaking, right? So yeah. tell us, uh, <laughs> you know, you've been speaking for a long time. Tell us some of the things that you've learned now that, you know, you wish you had learned earlier. 
Well, the first thing is I wish I had gotten started speaking earlier because uh, I didn't know how much I'd love it until I started doing it. Um, but also um, it speaking opportunities, particularly if you're in a in, in an industry stage, right? If, you know, like, uh, you know, I've done OMA Digital and Inbound and LeedsCon and several other, you know, um, industry conferences, there's just nothing like that, um, you know, like that moment when people come to you after the, after you're, you know, you've come off stage and they want to talk to you and ask you questions. And I love talking to people. I'm kind of a people person. Um, So it also gives me the opportunity if they are looking for, you know, a consultant or a marketing agency that it, you know, that gives me a much better chance that I'd be the only one or my company will be the only one considered because they've met me somewhere and you know we I've already instantly built that rapport um and I think also with podcasts you know if somebody hears you on a podcast yes. and they resonate with what you have to say then you know they're going to come to you because again they feel like they've already kind of know you and they already you've already started building that trust yeah and how do you find what podcast to go on um, so sometimes I receive invitations and then I kind of look at it, listen to it, see if it makes sense. Uh, but more often I'm like, you know, looking and, you know, seeing which ones, you know, people in my circle have either been on or, you know, that I know that are popular, um, for someone that's new to getting on podcasts, I would definitely recommend just kind of Googling, like, you know, if you're a chef, you know, best podcast for chefs and, you know, reaching out to them with, you know, what do you have to contribute? Again, I feel like trying to get on a podcast and trying to sell is a very similar process in like, if you think of it as just, I want to get on this podcast, you're not going to be as successful as if you think of it as how can I serve the podcast audience? What do I bring to the table that might be of interest or of help to the audience? Yeah, look, you're dead right up. You know, we get pictures uh, all the time and the ones that I'll entertain are the ones that have done a little bit of research, right? And I know they're they're busy, et cetera, but if, if they can say, look, I've listened to, you know, even if they say they listen, but you know, normally they go through the topics, this is what I recommend. You go through all the topics that they've covered and right. either ask them, is there a topic that they're looking for at the moment that they would love to cover? Or mm-hmm. I see that you haven't had this topic on is this topic right. do you think this topic would be of value to your audience right and once again you're making it easier for the host which like you said you're making it easier for the client to actually say yes so um mm. yeah if uh, if you're out and and if you're listening at the moment you think i'd love to be on this podcast just go and do that but say that you heard it here on uh, episode right. 437 <laughs> uh with omi so uh, as far as um the last question is around, you know, working with someone else in your business, right? And uh, I know ah. you work with Todd, your life partner, who's also uh, your business partner. Just tell us, um, you know, some of the things that you two have learned that helps the relationship, you know, um, work for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, over the years, we definitely have learned, uh, first and foremost, that we stick to our zone of genius, yeah. right? So I'm more on the relationship side, the spokesperson for the company, um, you know, kind of like the big relationships. 
Um, and he's more on the operational side. You know, he's more of the uh, person that can take a system and optimize it and make it run better uh, and scale it. And he also oversees our finance. Um, but he also uh, has a very unique role, which is client and residence, which he puts himself in the shoes of our clients and asks the hard questions as a business owner that our clients would ask. So, you know, we stick to our lanes is, is tip number one. And then tip number two is have a definite time off, right? Because you live in the same place. If you're remote, you probably work in the same place. So you're together 24 seven, cut off at a certain time and say no business talk after five or six or whatever. Um, and, and, and remember to, you know, reconnect on another level because we did fall into that trap early on in the business and it, it did cause friction and kind of like, Oh, you know, but we learned that when we did that, it really helped just make everything smoother and it's good for your brain too. Right. (laughs) Spot on. Like, uh, I actually met my wife at at Coca-Cola and we worked together and, uh, same thing, right. It was like, when you get home, that's it. No, no more, uh, no more. talk about Coke. And, uh, I used to have a general rule actually at, uh, when we ever got together socially at work was that you weren't allowed to talk about work. Right. Right. And, uh, I know they did when I sort of wasn't listening, but it was like, you really want to get to know your colleagues. Right. And it's, so how often do you work with someone or even, you know, a client, like you said, you build that rapport up front, like always ask, um, potential clients, you know, about them, you know, what are their interests, you know, have they got uh, married, you know, they've got children, et cetera, yeah. because you, you can use that back in the conversation, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's much better to say, hi, I'm following up on, no, sorry, instead of saying I'm following up or whatever, it's like, you know, uh, you know, have you X, X, Y, Z been hiking this weekend or something like that, right? So, right. Um, Yeah, no, I think that's uh, really smart to do that. So what we're going to do now is go into the uh, rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and one you've already hinted to and uh, get your responses. So for you, the first question is, what are some of the daily sales habits that you do to accelerate your sales? Yeah, so um, definitely checking on the social media channels. Um, We do post uh, on LinkedIn. Um, so we, you know, we put out content, um, ask questions and then following up. Right. So I have sequences in HubSpot that, you know, keep me busy following up with warm, you know, leads or even sometimes cold leads. And I also follow up with, uh, close lost, right. So I may have not won a particular uh, deal, but I might follow up with them six, eight months later, just to see how they did, how they're doing. I actually did pick up a piece of business once doing that. So fantastic. And the next one is uh, where do you go to find out more about how you can improve your sales? Um, well, definitely um HubSpot Academy is a is a, a good resource for me. Um, I also listen to a lot of sales podcasts. Uh I'm probably uh, enrolled in about five, six different blogs. So um, those are my most common ways to to keep up. <laughs> right. And, and would you be happy to share, uh, send me those uh, podcasts that you listen to in the blogs and then we can put absolutely. those in the links. Yeah, yeah be, absolutely. Now, the next yeah. one is, uh, you know, your wand question. So if I could grant you one wish or if I had a magic wand or we had a magic wand for you, what what would you like to accelerate your business? 
Um, if I had a magic wand, I think I would um, clone myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of in the process of doing that um, because I, I do really love the personal relationship, developing that with, with prospects. Um, and, um, you know, I feel like if I had a huge sales team, I would lose some of that. Uh, so how would I, you know, how would I clone that so that I feel like everyone is developing that kind of relationship, uh, yeah. with prospects? Yeah. Breen. And the, the last one is, you know, 20, 20 years or 21 years of doing this, right. What, um, what do you know now that you wish you had have learned, uh, earlier? Yeah. So definitely getting out there, uh, sooner, uh, in front of, you know, uh, audiences speaking, um, you know, podcasts obviously weren't as big in, you know, 20 years ago, but getting out in industry conferences and things like that uh, versus relying on just referrals from existing clients uh, is one big one. And another big one would be uh, hiring an executive assistant sooner. Yeah. Delegate, 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 delegate and elevate as EOS says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you hit my sweet spot there. You know, I ran a, a virtual assistant company for uh, over five years. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, to me, three things, you must have a computer, a phone and a, and a uh, some form of assistant. So I uh, couldn't yeah. agree with you more. <laughs> well, um, uh, I know that, you know, you, you you obviously love giving value. You're a people person, as you said. And uh, so people can follow you on Twitter, LinkedIn. We'll have all the links there. And also we're going to have a link to a free website audit that you yeah. can get as well. So, um, and the website is uh, uh, diazcooper.com, right? So we'll have that once again in the show notes but uh yeah thanks Amy for for coming and sharing your wisdom uh well done for you know being uh the awards etc that I spoke at, about at the start and also you know approaching a platinum member with with HubSpot I think you picked the right uh right um boat to be on in the in the high rising tide uh so uh, yeah fantastic meeting you great to have you on and um yeah really appreciate what you've uh, done today Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That was a great interview with Homie. And I really loved the point around the referral partner. So I really battled not to put that in the top three. And the other is just uh, some tips around that shut off with working with a partner, right? And it may not be your life partner. It might be your just partner in general that you got to have some downtime in the relationship when you work so close together. Um, share what you learn out of this on LinkedIn at Mention Omi. And, uh, and thank her for, for sharing her wisdom. Uh, all the summary links are going to be in what you're listening to now, and there'll be the full transcript and links at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. Uh, why not share? If you've really enjoyed this, why not share it with other people? I think you're an absolute rock star. Check out our sh solo shows. Don't forget that free cloud consultants collective at cloudconsultantscollective.com it's on slack and if you love curated content that is specifically for you as a cloud consultant just sign up to our newsletter paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash newsletter and next week's guest is Antone Marsden and he's going to demystify why the traditional top of funnel activities may be causing you and your business harm. As always, please take action to accelerate your sales. 
I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.